Marvel's Spider-Man, Abzu and Mega Aquarium. This is Staying In. Have you got a toolkit going in? A toolkit? Yeah, because I had quite an emasculating experience the other day. Uh, so you know how I have this, this gentle kind of little bit of a kind of almost rivalry with my partner's dad, you know, when we went around yeah. there for dinner and it was just like he was trying to see how much I would eat. Yeah. And I failed. <laughs> Um, this time round, you know, I've got my, I've got my, I've got, let's call it a discrete toolbox. It's mm. just got everything you need. Screwdriver, <laughs> hammer, this kind of thing. It is for the gentleman DIYer. It's called a pencil case, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> he brings his, and it's like a proper like car mechanics. He, he puts it down on the table, mm. boom, on the floor, and it opens, you know, at the top like um, it's some kind of um, incredible kind of crate. And apparently, that's just the top level. He, he didn't bring all of it. That's just the top half. And it's just that kind of subtextual thing. That's a toolkit, mate. That's a toolkit. Yeah. 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 And, also, and also, the jobs he's dealing with in your house, Chris, they're only top-half jobs. He's not going to have anything serious going on in there. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't bring anything where he thought, I'm going to need some serious weaponry for this. Yeah, because yeah. he knew what kind of jobs you'd be wanting he's to like, do. He's, yeah. he's going to probably get some... He's probably going to use the phrase build when he means assemble. So I'll just bring yeah. over... He's the kind of know, man who doesn't, he doesn't use a screwdriver, just uses his bare fingers, which each, <laughs> each digit is the perfect size for each different size. <laughs> well, talking of tools, you still... you you. Stolen one of my tools, Chris. Yeah. Oh gosh. Place. Thank you for that, Sam. Oh gosh. Have you ever had that going in when you've moved flats and mm. like you've? I don't know. Like I stuck stuff on the walls. We weren't allowed to hammer stuff into walls, so I stuck like pictures of us and like you know not just you, Pete, but like all of us on the <laughs> walls. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pictures of Pete. Just, and Chris. just yeah. <laughs> With like red Fred linking them all. Um, <laughs> um, and I took them off, and apparently it's this kind of it was this stuff we bought online where basically apparently you pull it off. And it leaves no marks, and <laughs> but basically, it some of it took off layers of the paint. Oh, it was just so irritating. Oh, don't like tell a few me that. Days, I, just, I just started putting a load of stuff up with. Be them. careful, man. Be careful. Oh. It's a slippery slope because, like, a few days. You know how it is. Whenever you move out, just a few days before you move out, that's when everything starts to fail and break. So yeah. we were pulling off little bits of plaster off the wall. Sam lent me here some filler. I lent a whole tub of filler. A whole tub. It's still in the back of my car. I found it the other day. <laughs> um, and then the day I moved out, the mm. day I moved out, the bottom of the oven fell off the door. <laughs> I, it literally just perished. It perished off. It, like, unbelievable. And it, it took £100 out of my deposit. So oh my irritating. God. I know. I tried to super glue it back together and hope he wouldn't notice. But yeah, he, super he noticed. glue an oven back together. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all I had. I'd packed everything else. <laughs> well, yeah, you had to, if you're borrowing filler from me, I'm not surprised you've not got anything more. It wasn't in my discreet toolbox. Yeah, like literally, the little tiny <laughs> super glue wouldn't hold did an I, oven door. Apparently, go figure. It, did I tell you that uh, when I moved uh, from because uh, I stayed in Aberystwyth for a year after university when yeah. I moved when I moved uh, out. So he moved out of quite. It was quite a nice flat, basically. It was in quite a nice little place, but the landlord was a bit of a, I don't know, uh, not not particularly nice. Um, and uh, on the day that we were leaving, it, like you know, absolutely everything was tidy and clean and beautiful looking. We'd spent a lot of time like tidying up all of this sort of stuff. And he says, uh, he says, "Oh yeah, no, it's looking really good. Still, I have to take two hundred pounds out for the water damage." And I was like, "Water damage? What are you talking about?" He was like, "Yeah, the, the, the. You can see all the, 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 the water damage that's been caused by the, the ice from the freezer." It's like, 
what are you talking about, mate? And he just opens a freezer door and bangs out a load of ice onto the floor. That. No way. Yeah. I was like, cool. <laughs> like, great. What? Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like yeah, all right. That's. Oh like Literally, like, in front of me. And he was like, that's going to be 200 quid probably to fix that. I was like, ah, incredible. Ugh. Oh my anyway, well, okay, so you've put this thing together. Yep. Do you feel, have you got to the point yet with your new home where it feels like your new home or is it still oh, it your does, new yeah. house? Do you know what did it for me? I've had, I've, had, I've had a piece of furniture in my head for like the last six months. It must be painful. Yeah. <laughs> just let that land, just in case nobody got that. Oh, uh, missed. Yes. A mustard armchair, winged back armchair, Pete. Mustard yep. colour. Been in my head for six months. If 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 you ever seen the opening credits to Inspector Gadget, yeah. imagine the chair that the main villain sits in. I can't remember his name. Claw, wasn't it? Claw. Yeah, imagine the chair that he sits in but mustard yeah. yellow. Yeah. Is this all just in service of becoming like at some point just accepting PhD lecturer like Or becoming a master criminal? But it's my game chair, Pete. I've got it now. It used to be the beanbag, but now I've got proper game chair so, so whenever I'm playing games online I drag it in front literally he's just like a little child like I'll, yeah. I'll we will post a picture up on the um, on the old social uh, when this <laughs> when this pod goes live because you've got to see like how close Chris sits in front of this TV screen mm. when he plays his game and I can just see him now like dragging the chair along the ground not lifting it because it's just too heavy yeah <laughs> so, do, doing the sort of like butt scooch that dogs do on like <laughs> I know just like <laughs> yeah just you just see his partner I can just I can just see the image now of his partner just sitting there reading a book on the couch and then just hearing this <laughs> just playing some games <laughs> Don't knock it till you've tried it. I got my copy of uh, Star Realms Frontiers. Is it Star Realms Frontiers? Trump Star Realms Frontier. I did. Or what the Kickstarter? The Kickstarter one. I got that through, and I was okay. very pleased. What did, um, did you did you get the big box with it that you can put all your? No, I didn't get anything like that. I thought about it, but then I was kind of like, well. I'm not going to have that many additional spare cards. I can just put them in a little plastic packet and all that sort of stuff. I'm trying to declutter at the moment. My, I'm trying to declutter my life Clearly. and my mind at the moment. Well, I, I'm, I'm trying. So I was very pleased with that. How's your room? How's your Kickstarter? Are the, are the pre-orders? Well, your pre-orders. Oh, my gosh, yes. Because I know everyone is thrilled. I'm on hooks here, Sam. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my biggest problems with um, board games in general, like finding out a street date for anything and a reliable street date of that is yeah. Yeah. incredibly frustrating. So the Kickstarter is now in the UK. Okay. I've seen photo evidence of it's it. It's off the boat? Yeah, I've seen photo evidence of it in a Royal Mail grey sack. So Floating in the River Thames. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, I think they were sent out to UK packers uh, today at the time yeah. recording. So in the next two or three days, it should be with me, which is great. Yeah. 
But then everything else I've pre-ordered, I have not the foggiest. Um, welcome to your dream home. Apparently had a street date of the 19th of September at the day of recording. It's now the 24th. Still not heard anything. Again, my um, upgrade pieces for Betrayal was meant to be out in September, but we're practically nearly at the end of the month. The only thing I have any steer on is Keyforge, and that and to give Fantasy Flight their props is that they have a really great update system of when uh, at what process along the chain things things are. So it's Keyforge is currently at the printers, and then it will be on the boat. And that's usually six to eight weeks, and then it's in stores. So once it's on the, I, I think November is what I've heard with Keyforge. Um, I I got to say I, so working as I do in the job I do, and having done video games and board games, the thing I've realised, uh, the big difference between the video game industry and the board game industry, is bizarrely the video game industry is so much better organized than board games like yeah th- it is so much more professional than uh, board games so for example like we did um like a big like marketing push for one of our games like a year ago or something like that and like you talk with video game press and they know exactly what they're doing and they 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 and they uh you know they've got They've got it down to a T. They know exactly what they're doing. You can be very conversant with them and and know exactly what they want because there's there is like a regimented plan as to how how you're going to talk with them. And, and and it's the same with like distribution channels and talking with platform holders and all that sort of stuff in video games. We when we did one for uh, board games, um, totally different proposition. Like we were told, I was told things in production, things like, oh, okay, well, for you to do a board game it's going to take a year to get into the stores that you want it to. Like, and it's like, why? It's like, oh, because, you know, all these things take time and all this, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, like how, like, from, so the, the game is ready and it's going to take a year to get into bookstores. Like, like that is, how, how does that happen? And, like, there is, like, there are good reasons for it, but some of it is just down to, like, Oh, just things, just just process, just things. Things are slow. There is something about like physical media and um, and the board game industry in general that is a bit slapdash. And I really get the feeling that at some point, like Kickstarter, people are going to start to really push back against this. Like you know how with, with Kickstarter now, lots of people are like, oh, I don't really like backing things on Kickstarter because I don't really know when I'm going to get it and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, oh, well, it's just because it's like not big businesses and blah, 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 blah. But it, it sort of is now big businesses. Well, But with board games, it's like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this coming out in month, maybe. Yeah, Q something. Q something. Whereas, like, whereas with video games, it's like, yeah, it's coming... Like, any, I can tell you, like six months from now, that it's going to t- come out on this specific date. What I find, what I find very interesting Mad. is that when I've had to wait for board games to arrive and things, like, I don't get the intel from the official website. I get it from forums. Right, right. It's, it's people who know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who works for the company. I know who passes it down, and it'll get to the point where there's so much kind of rumours and hearsay as to when something is going to appear that. The designer will just weigh in themselves and clarify certain points. So actually, when I was waiting for games, um, I just go straight to Board Game Geek and just look at the same forum posts every day. That's madness. And to to give them their due, like Fantasy Flight, 
they seem to actually have it down, right? Like Wizards, Fantasy Flight, I think these two absolutely gigantic companies, they seem to know what they're doing to the point of they have a pl- they have a marketing plan. They have like they have like okay, we're going to reveal all of these cards over the next 30 days and these are the cards that we're going to reveal and then the game will be out on this this date. Um, whereas like with a lot of board game stuff, it is literally a case of I've got to go to BGG because somebody's pulled all of the various threads together and somebody's figured out, oh, it was probably coming out at this this period of time. Yeah. I get the feeling now that to actually enjoy the hobby and enjoy things that are quite new, mm. I'm finding that I'm having to do loads of legwork and put in lots of effort. Yeah. In order to get the games that I really want and look on like Board Game Geek to find out when a game's coming out and things that just your regular person coming off the street won't be party to so i worry that what is a time for the board gaming industry which is like welcoming everyone look at all these games like shut up and sit down and uh, no pun included doing all this great work trying to say right if you're just starting off these are games you should be playing Mm. but on the other side of it because the information on like release dates and price and availabilities on stores isn't coming from someone whether that's the publishers or the or the marketing team whatever then someone who sees like for example someone who sees uh shut up and sit down's welcome to review and goes brilliant that's a game i really want but when is it actually out and yeah where's the best price for it and what's this forum i've got to go and look out and some people some people seem to have this information then then the game comes out and because some people have already been parties that information it sells out yep and then it might not get another print run and it just might not exist again in the market and and, and okay so in marketing we talk a lot about funnels and basically like at the top of the funnel you pour everyone in at the bottom of the funnel there's a very few number of people who actually turn into people who pay money like that and the idea is that people fall out of the funnel um uh, along the way um and like you've got this you know awareness of the product that that's people right at the top then like in the middle of it it's like oh i'm now i now now know more about the product so for example like uh, talking with the media, right? Like, shut up and sit down and whatever. They're like, hey, yeah. get involved in this because you're going to really, really enjoy this. Um, and then, like, they're all really, really hyped. And then the final part of it is sell them the thing. And yeah. and then if you haven't actually got any of that stuff or if people don't know where to go for any of it, like, you just, it's just, you're just not going to end up being able to sell that thing to someone. Like, if the hardest hurdle to get over is when can I buy your thing? Like... Ah, it's just... I'll go off and play something else. Have you guys ever been scuba diving? No. Uh, Yes. Once. Uh, Oh, well, Sam, I can recommend it. Where did you go, Pete? I went to Clifton School, Grammar School, Swimming Pool, and uh, I had a first training lesson thing. Uh, Did you have the same problem that I had, where they couldn't get me to sink? What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't get they couldn't because the human body is naturally quite buoyant, and basically, when you go scuba diving, they have to put a lot of weights on you to get you to stay underwater because naturally the body will rise to the top. But aren't you just like, um, but aren't you like deep like diving down? Isn't that the idea? No. Yeah, but once you're down there, 
uh, unless you've got weights, your your body will naturally want to just float its way back up. Yeah. So yeah, but sure. But I. But that's why I don't understand. Like, surely you're just like swimming down. No, no. So one of the one of the things that it was the way that it was described to me is scuba diving is one of the laziest sports that you can do. Basically, it's about floating there, and you you what you want to be able to do is uh, balance your weight with your with buoyancy essentially, so that really the best thing you can do is lie lie um horizontally in the water and just sort of sit at the bottom of the at the bottom of the tank not falling and not rising just kind of i guess sort of vaguely floating yeah it's like the bubble in the spirit level yeah all right okay so why did you do it chris um i did it in bournemouth swimming pool when i was in the scats um, I think it was in pool. Well, it's the it's, it's the place to do it. Uh, yeah, so basically, it was a bit like Buckaroo. It was quite bizarre. They were just loads of people just strapping lots of weights on me, and every time it's like, no, it's not enough. It's like that scene in Unbreakable when he keeps putting more and more weights on his dad's, like Bruce Willis's weights, to see how much he can bench. Yeah, it's like the opposite of that. See how much can sink me. And <laughs> the reason I mention it, lads, is I've been playing a very meditative game. Hmm. That it's all about scuba diving. It's about diving, essentially. And is this it? Is, well, it's about swimming underwater. And again, Sam, because you're perfectly weighed down, you don't have to. Well, you do. You have to hold a button to stay underwater. That's the equivalent of them strapping weights to you. Um, this is Abzu. Uh, oh, I've got Abzu. Okay. Yeah, it's really worth a play, Pete, because I really, really wanted something that was very light and meditative, something that had those small kind of like chocolate box kind of morsels that you could kind of like have one a day say for example not want to play it in one continuous motion mm. and just sit there in my <laughs> evil villain's chair and just go on this lovely experience sorry uh, I, I'm, I'm laughing because I played this game and I played it in one continuous motion but carry on well, I ain't got the time to do that at the moment I ain't got the time it, it would, an hour and a half took me Chris Oh no, but you know what I'm like, Sam. I have to try and collect everything. How small a chocolate are you eating in this situation? This is oh, like... it's like a lovely morsel. You know, like a square dark chocolate, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's that? Ten minutes? Well, I wasn't hoping we'd talk about. Yeah, but um, anyway, yeah, green and black, something like that. And something anyway, like so uh, yeah, so you, you can play it in one motion, as Sam alluded to. The game does roll on um, little bits and pieces, but you're essentially a diver swimming underwater. It's it's made. It's no coincidence that its artistic, its director was the same person who was the artistic director of Journey, uh, Matt Nava. Oh, that's why yes. it looks like who, that. Uh, himself was a keen, who was a keen scuba diver. Yeah, he's also a really big fan of kind of ancient myths and legends, and wanting to weave that into the aesthetics of the game, which is what you kind of get in Journey, mm. uh, which is for those who don't know, is it was quite it's a, quite an old game now actually. Uh, it's essentially a, a, a game about pilgrimage where you play as this figure walking on a journey through various different landscapes to try and make it to the top of this mountain, which is always in the distance there. The music mm-hmm. is as your man Pete Austin Wintery. Yep. I can see his score is on the wall behind you, framed there. And it's really interesting. This scores, it smacks of Journey, but it also there's a little bit of Nathan McCree, the original Tomb Raider games in there, to Ooh. get that sense of mystery, particularly in the opening bars in the, on the first level, I'd say. Um, so the game itself draws from ancient Sumerian myth about this idea of the cosmic ocean. So basically, the, the entire universe is essentially a large ocean where you have the ocean goddess Tiamat, um, 
and meeting the, the fresh water God, which is Abzu. And together, that meeting created life. And it's got the kind of same smatterings of journey here. You feel you're walking through a civilization that has kind of been and gone, and you're almost trying to resurrect it. You're basically continuing a story that has already been told, um, repeating those same sentences, the same beats, almost like a palimpsest, which is one of my favorite words, which is the equivalent of, it's like writing over writing. It's layers of writing you're kind of inscribing, which is what Journey did very well, that, that, that you're kind of, you meet other people in that realm. This isn't a multiplayer experience, by the way. And you journey down, you're swimming through there, you encounter these fish, and it feels very journey-esque. There's some beats, particularly in the final level, which feel a lot like the last level of Flower. But what I really love in particular about this game is not only is it very visually arresting, as Sam alluded to, every level, like Journey, is a different colour palette. Uh, I took so many screenshots, like in 60 seconds I was taking tons of screenshots. I was mm. kept constantly pressing share on my PlayStation controller. But what it does with fish is really interesting because there's this wonderful bit where you'll encounter in certain areas the statue of a shark and you kind of swim down to it and you sit on it and you meditate. And what that means is that your character just sits there and then the camera pans away to just a fish swimming. And in the bottom right-hand corner, it tells you the, the, the species of that fish. And then just a simple flick on the analog stick will send you to another fish in that direction you've nudged it to. And they're swimming around you. Uh, and this is your meditation. You're watching. You're just literally like you're staring into an aquarium tank, just watching fish. It's extraordinary. Hmm. And there's one bit, Sam. Do you remember when you first get, you just swim into the, it's almost like the eye of a storm, this vortex of a shoal yeah. of fish. It's incredible. I just stood and just sat there and just watched that experience. I could see the PlayStation 4 struggling a little bit with the frame rate, but uh -huh. it was extraordinary just being in there. There's these wonderful little gems of moments that are just enough that you don't feel it feels like too much of a journey or flower You can climb. ride fish as well. Yeah, that's it. That's incredible. It's. I find it quite replayable. It's one of those games like Journey and Flower I will dip into occasionally to give me that feeling that no other game does, which is something, as I said before, that is meditative. It's very peaceful. It's very relaxing. It's a light game. It's a game that anyone can pretty much pick up the controller and pick up and play. The camera angles at a little bit of time I found a little bit tricky. I Sometimes found, that, I found yeah. that quite often, actually. Yeah, um, but once you get with that kind of flow of it, it's a really nice experience, and there is some just jaw-dropping moments in there that are utterly stunning and and wholly theatrical in places. Mm. I, um, I I I can't wait until the production company that Matt now works for, Giant Squid, makes something that isn't because he pitched this game whilst he was still at that game company. Yep. which is why I think it reads like a greatest hits of um, games that that game company came out before. You know, it's got that essence of looking at the at the micro that Flo did. It's got that essence of, of travel and um, uh, momentum that, that Flower did and then that essence of recreating a path or a, or a story through geography that journey did and it's it's a it's a it's a sh it's a shame that all of those elements are leave such grubby fingerprints through um through the game but also this game wouldn't exist without them and 
for me, essentially what this game boiled down to was when I was a kid, my uncle, uh, he um, used to work, uh, and still does actually, but he he works with um, like fish, like tropical fish, and he used to sell like tanks and aquariums and work in like um, garden centres and have, and in his house he used to have these massive tanks filled with fish and as a kid when we went around for Christmas and things I used to sit in front of these tanks and you know see them darting in the rocks and finding all these places to hide like just skimming across the top of the gravel and kicking up all this dirt and wonder a bit like a scuba diver like wonder what it would be like to be inside this 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 tank this sort of like created environment Mm. and this game is the one thing that that provided that experience and and even though it was only you know an hour and a half two hours it took you scoffed that chocolate box yeah I, I i the temptation was just to delete it straight off my playstation but i've i've kept it there not only because it has a mode that allows you to meditate but how it uses the environments and essentially how it uses the momentum and the movement of being a person within those environments was at times truly breathtaking at one point i got physical chills and there was there was um, a bit where you were floating in front of um a, a humpback whale or a oh sperm that was whale. incredible yeah and it was able to put you in that position of you know making you feel small and making you feel insignificant against the creatures that you were suing with and what I love, I think, about Abzu more than anything is that unlike most games you play where you are a protagonist that is, like, saving the world or you go from being a nobody to being, like, the most important person in that world or changing someone else's world for the better, like, what what Abzu does, I think, better than anything is communicate that experience of you are a stranger in this world. Yeah. You you are sharing this environment, this, this gaming existence with other people and you have literally no effect on what happens to it. And I quite like that subversion of a video game mm. a video game trope. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah. I thought that was always that was a spe- a really really special thing that that it was able to do. So I'm excited to see what they do next. Mm. Um because they they need to get out from under the journey shadow yeah. probably. You you also got a bit teary, Sam, didn't you? I did, I did. Do you have a little, did. little cry? Yeah. No, not a little cry, just a little big, bit of a big cry. Uh, I've eaten too much a... chocolate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, but that's but it was that's two like, hours, Chris. I had to keep myself going. That's, that's nice true. though. Do you know? Do you know? Genuinely, as I've as I've grown older, um, yeah, I've I've let myself. I've Go. let myself have those those emotional reactions to Good. games and TV a little bit more, like a little bit like I was watching a I was watching a documentary called The Toys That Made Us the other day, and I oh, and I saw that's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, and I had a little a little a little minor moment where I found out about uh, what happened when they agreed to renew the GI Joe line of toys, which uh, had a little moment. I was like, oh. Oh, it was nice. Well, at least you didn't nearly cry at a lottery advert like I did the other day. So. What? <laughs> Stop the press! How, <laughs> Sam? Let no, we, we need it, no, no, we I, need information about this. I'm, I'm not in control of it. I like the fact that it's 
you know, yeah. just a gushing. Yeah, I could win millions of pounds. <laughs> so, uh, so Sam, I'm not getting off this subject. What was this lottery advert? What yeah, was, oh, it was it was right. It was it was a man and his wife, and they had this little child. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off again. God, and, and God. it was a, it was like a clip of him yeah. going off to work on a uh, a uh, shipping boat. Yeah, in the middle a of shipping the shipping boat. Yeah, a shipping okay. boat. What, like Ship- a... No, like a fishing boat, sorry, a fishing boat. Oh, okay, a fishing boat, boat. yeah, go on. And, uh, you like, it was him, you know, working really hard yep. out in the middle of the sea, like, really cold and noisy and Proper work, and proper work. Proper work. And then, you like, cut back to the woman, and she was like, oh, don't do that, you kids. It had a name, probably, and it's just like, oh, and you saw her, like, with lots of backpacks, like, getting the kid off to school, and, like just like rushing into a shop and buying a ticket on a whim and um then there's a bit more of that sort of toing and throwing these like two separate lives and then he comes home from his fishing voyage and yeah. goes into the house and everything has gone from the house <gasps> everything oh no it's completely empty why and then there's a little note on top of the fireplace and he opens him up and yeah. it cuts to him just running down the street and he runs up to this like big um, detached house by the coast and she opens the door and she goes, I bought it. And he goes, we won. And then they have a little, he starts to cry and then she starts to cry. And then you start to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa looks at me and goes, oh, Christ. Like, <laughs> but can I just say I've got to marry this. For <laughs> listeners at home, Sam did just wipe a tear from his eye. <laughs> Pete, what, Pete, what gets you going? Uh, <laughs> it's a bit, a bit of a hard swing uh, so um, for want of a better turn of phrase yeah <laughs> um, I think I think th- things that get so I don't like I don't like sad stuff ever at all uh, in terms of like media I don't I don't enjoy you'd have to be a bit stuff. you'd have to be a bit of a psychopath if you were crying at stuff that wasn't sad no but i yeah, don't enjoy i've it. never done that i don't <laughs> i don't enjoy it as in like i don't i wouldn't choose to like watch it or something like that um but uh what gets me i mean stuff like um people overcoming adversity that's a that's a big one like where it's like yeah we saw you at the top of scarfell park yeah just like weeping that was that was for a different reason um animal animal stuff is bad oh, every no, single yeah. time i'm just like no absolutely not turn this off do not want to know about the orcas um and uh what's the other one i guess like the the sort of existential crisis of knowing that nothing in that you do in the universe matters because oh you're a my. tiny speck and we're all going to die Gosh. and we're only alive for a very fractional like that sort of stuff i just like oh oh god i thought my life had meaning um i find that quite humbling though because it takes the pressure off me <laughs> <laughs> okay can we talk about the new spider-man game but can we talk about it in a way that does not spoil its story because i do want to play it because it's important to say peter i would say that spider-man's your favorite comic book character he certainly was he was an extremely influential he was character in my life <laughs> i just sort of grew out of him but like yes Sp- <laughs> spider spider-man is it was extremely important to me growing up like very um had a lot of qualities that i admired and parallel lives saw a lot of myself in 
Um, and yeah, so it was huge. And then I just sort of like grew out of it. Uh, but um, it, I am like desperate for this to be a good game. And equally am I, because I'm a massive Insomniac Games fan. So so the, the, the story goes um, that Marvel came to Insomniac. And I assume that Sony must have put the, the two together. Yeah. Because you think of a superhero studio and a lot of people when this was first rumoured, assumed it was going to be Sucker Punch that did it because mm. they made uh, Infamous. Yeah. Which, before Batman Arkham Asylum was probably the most successful superhero game ever mm-hmm. in terms of mechanics and recreating that kind of world. Yeah, definitely critically, yeah. Um, so it's a it's whoever put Marvel in front of Insomniac is an absolute stroke of genius because um, in my opinion they're one of the most underrated um, video game developers ever. You look at the stuff that they've made: Ratchet and Clank, um, Resistance, Sunset Overdrive, Spyro. I guess Spyro's amazing. No, no, no. Spy's amazing, and you'll know that when I get the Reignited Trilogy. <laughs> Whenever that comes out, because that. that's been delayed. Um, so, um, and Marvel came to Insomniac and said, right, you can pick any character. Make a game. And I think it shows um, Insomniac's um, genius that they picked exactly the right character. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't pick Spider-Man anyway, I think it's pretty clear now everyone's probably heard the buzz about Marvel's Spider Dash Man um, because it's the, you know, the biggest selling game on the PlayStation. It's like the fastest selling game on the PlayStation of all time. It's the best selling Spider-Man game and the best selling Marvel game of all time. Crazy figures like that. And it is incredible. Uh, uh, it Is it amazing? It's incredible. It's amazing. Is it, is it, it's brilliant. Is it spectacular? It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the best way to talk about this game and the quickest way to talk about it is not to talk about you know what happens in the story or what um, or how the mechanics work or like how fighting works or anything like that because. First of all, those are like talking about mechanics and like how like how satisfying the swinging feels when you go around the city is kind of a very difficult thing to try and communicate. And it's easier for me just to say like it works. It it just works. Like the momentum and the and the feeling and the animation behind the whole like design of going through the city and the fighting. It it not only works on a mechanical level, but it all works on a character level. Like they've they've thought about how Peter Parker moves and how he traverses the city and how those actions can feed into the kind of character that he is. Like the flips that he puts in between going from one enemy to another, like the unnecessary flourishes that he puts in because when he puts on the suit, that's the cocky kind of guy that he that he becomes. Um but the best, the best thing I think that to talk about Spider-Man and, and the effect it's had on me as a game player is just how it feels as an open world game. Now, um, when it comes to open world games, for me, it takes a lot for me to stay in that world beyond 
playing the story. I will usually bumble about in the open world, doing side quests, doing bits and pieces, but I keep a steady click with the main story. And then once I finish the main story, I, I just won't go back into that world. It takes a lot for me to to feel like there's enough narrative justification or gameplay justification for me to go back in back into that world and, and continue doing other things. Um, Fallout 3 and 4, Far Cry 3, uh, The Witcher 3, all open worlds, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn that I just upped and left once I finished finish the main story however i already know that when i complete the main story of spider-man i'm going to be going straight back in or whether that's to be completing it again when the new game plus comes out um shortly or just to mopping up the side missions because what the game does and i think it's probably the reason why insomniac picked spider-man for a character to put into this world is that their open world is is and I think it's part of what people love about Spider-Man as a character is the fact that Spider-Man and New York go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like Spider-Man is defined by the city by the cities that he's in. And he's a bit like the negative image of how Batman feels about Gotham. Whereas Batman's trying to sort of wrestle Gotham away from eating itself and has this kind of almost negative approach to how Batman sees Gotham. Like, Gotham's beyond saving, but he's just trying his best just to keep its head above water. Um, Spider-Man sees New York as this wonderful, vibrant, multicultural place where, you know, there's so much things happening like there is this like buoyant character this colorful metropolitan metropolitan world that he inhabits and because of that when you're swinging through as spider-man you want to stop when you're on your way to a main mission and you'll just hear gunshots or you'll hear a car screeching along the road and you'll know and you'll just like trigger into it or someone's in trouble and you'll just like and because the swinging is that good like you can just like change your direction stop leap off another building and go and help the person who's in trouble or you're swinging close to the road and you hear someone who's trapped and locked in their car or they've had an accident like you want to go and help the city mm. you want to be part and like help the people who need it like it's all about being the underdog that's 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 peter parker like he is the underdog he's only ever wanted to be accepted you know be an avenger be considered be taken seriously and you know be a real be be seen as a real hero to to New York and every side mission that you do every distraction every little bit of you know bloat that you get in an open world game and and Spider-Man has bloat in it like there are collecting pigeon missions for Christ's sake like there's um you know just go go away and collect 55 backpacks but every one of those missions either feeds into a part of Peter Parker, who he is as a character, or feeds into New York as a character and as a place that Peter Parker is trying to save um, and make a nice place for everyone for everyone to live. And because of that, it's you never feel like you are 
pulling away from the main narrative when you go off and just bumble around and go and want to help. In fact, there's there's parts of the story where Peter Parker's just like, right, I've got a few minutes. He's quite verbal about it. Got a few minutes. Might go and earn a living. And just like, go off. Like, gives you absolutely free reign just to go off and discover and, and do whatever you can do. And all of this, and this is and this is what's brilliant, and I think this is what makes it what makes Marvel's Spider-Man almost my favourite superhero game beyond Batman Arkham Asylum. Is that when you land on the street, and that's a very rare occurrence because you spend so much of it in like swinging beneath the buildings, when you put your feet onto the tarmac and suddenly everyone reacts to you. People get out phones and they start taking pictures of you. Mm. People are like high-five you on the street as you're walking across. And there's some people who are just like really sarcastic and like, oh, have you wrecked another building today, Spider-Man? Because they listen to J. Jonah Jameson, who's right, now got right, a, right. A, a chat show. And that really grounds Spider-Man as a character in this city, which is something that wasn't there in like Batman Arkham City where they just created an excuse to make it so there are no civilians in Gotham. In Marvel Spider-Man, you really feel like you are in this living and breathing city. It's interesting you talk about it in the same way that, that that compulsion, you can't let it go. It's almost like, as you were saying, Peter Parker can't just let that siren be unanswered. No or that person in hell because it's, cause it's not part of his character like like they just get they just get peter parker right within the first 30 seconds there's a there's a shortcut scene in which they perfectly get peter parker down as a character and then every single stage in the game has been perfectly potted and plotted to build on that character and reinforce it rather than make you feel like you are just a you are just like doing random tasks for ran- for like an unknown person. That's my Christmas present sorted. Good. Have we got a question, Pete? I think I heard something drop on through my letterbox. <laughs> yeah. Can people do that now because I've totally forgotten how people send in questions. Uh, no, uh, we haven't got uh, we haven't got a, a, a physical mailing address uh, at the moment, unfortunately. Um People can send us questions uh, via stayinginpod at gmail.com uh, or, easier, just tweet at us or Facebook us or yep. DM us on any of those things. Um, so that's all fine. Uh, so uh, we have a question. Uh, and the question comes from Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks. Can I call Can I call her Becky? Uh, Naturally, no, I've got a cousin called Becky. I'll go Rebecca. All right, Rebecca. Just in case Good. I get confused. Formal. Uh, so uh, the question is very simple uh, what's your perfect Sunday now this is Sunday spelt D-A-Y rather than like oh, okay. ice cream Chris because oh, Chris I could see your eyes immediately like well what would I put into it Sundays are on the menu for, for my wedding yep <sighs> which is also on a Sunday I'm going to ensure that I manoeuvre my chair the same way I manoeuvre my gaming chair so it is in the optimal place <laughs> Um, okay, so so as part of this like decluttering and learning to just chill out, uh, mm. I have found that one of the things that I've really enjoy, and I used to secretly think a lot less of all three of you uh, when you would do this, <laughs> uh, but I 
you would get into your jimmy jams while I was round. And I'd, would I? Yeah, yeah, when? yeah. I, I used to see I used to see you guys in the little jimmy jam trousers. The little relaxy yeah. Lounge trousers. Yeah, your lounge lounge trousers. Yeah, your lounge yeah, your jimmy jams. I've never ever called them jimmy jams. They're not jimmy jams. There's a difference between there's a difference between jimmy jams and lounge wear. No. Listen, the listener's gonna think that I go to bed dressed like Scrooge. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I've absolutely seen yeah, but I would call them jimmy jams, right? Okay. Okay. Uh anyway, so I the other weekend thought, you know what, I'm just gonna see what it's like. <laughs> Uh, and I, I wore them on a Sunday, and I didn't leave the house, and it was great. And I was just, I just felt so chilled and relaxed, just, just, tu- just turning your brain into that thing where you go, do you know what? I'm not going to go outside. I'm going to put my Jimmy Jams on, and I ain't going to go anywhere. And yeah, so, he had a shirt, he had a shirt and tie on the top. I'd yeah. Say. Oh yeah, it got to be formal. Is that so? That's a perfect Sunday. That's what the questioner. In all honesty, uh, you know, for me at the moment, yeah, just doing nothing, seeing no one except for <laughs> except for my partner, and just just relaxing. Like I. So the Willington the Willington might, household is on lockdown. Might have a, Oh yeah, might have a nap about two p.m. after lunch, just a quick hour, maybe power nap. Who am I kidding? Two hours. What about you guys? What would you do? I've, I think I've had three stages of Sundays throughout my life. Yeah. Of there you. was the Sundays when I was a child where we would go to church uh, every Sunday. Okay. Very nice. Uh, which was, yep. you know, yep. fine. A duty. A duty. And then um, we'd come home and have a Sunday roast every Sunday. Nice. Which... I cannot believe my mum and grandma both did that. Yeah. Like every having made several Sunday roasts on my own, I'm just like I cannot no. believe. Like, and we just sat there and took it all for granted. And then, yeah. and yeah. like back in the back in the like 80s and 90s, those are proper roast dinners. Like, yeah, there was no bread sauce packets or anything no, on like, the table. It's there. like 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 cauliflower cheese and like all like. Oof. Oof, vegetable oof. oh you know carrots buttered carrots and like proper oh all that sort of stuff and you just think now as an adult you're like oh god like. so my second sunday was at university and uh me um dan and our good friend aiden would have lad sunday and it would traditionally be we'd station ourselves in a uh pub somewhere probably have a pint of coke each recovering get those sugars in us and then we would uh maybe order a sunday roast and play um games on the old quiz box remember those like cue box machines oh in pubs gosh, oh yeah. god we, and we used to play uh, one of our favorite games as one was, was one called you got the bling no lord of the bling that was it <sighs> which came first <laughs> And now, because yeah. I, I work shifts, the concept of a Sunday is very weird. Like, very, very rarely do I have that, do I get that feeling now. So when, so when I do have a Sunday, I do, I do like to embrace it just a little bit. I do like to know that I'm trying to get the most out of it. Like, I think today I've probably had a pretty good Sunday. I was going to say, when you say get the most out of it, do you mean like doing chores or do you mean like... I, I, I quite like to do like chores and little bits and pieces on a Sunday. Right. Like what needs doing what, what, around what the What my parents would call pottering. Yeah. What needs doing around the house? I played a bit of Spider-Man. 
And then I did the washing. Uh, yeah, the equipment. I love the fact that's synonymous with vacuuming. Did a bit of Spider-Man. I hoovered up crime in New York City. <laughs> uh, I did a yeah. So I did I did the washing. Mm. I mowed the lawn. Yep. And I did a bit of reading, which is good. Right. And a good meal on a Sunday. Oh, that's important. I think I think the one thing that is that pokes through all of my Sundays throughout the whole Willington bell curve of of mm. my Sunday journey. Yeah. Is that. In each Sunday, I've always had a good meal in it. So I think that would be my perfect Sunday. A good book and a good meal. Chris? Cool. Uh, very simple. Bit of a lion. Uh, that first cup of tea on a Sunday oh, is, yeah. is just pure ambrosia. Yeah, it really is. Ooh. Do you have it in bed or do you have, or Do you make sure yeah, you're up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be- so beautiful. whoever gets up first does the teas and coffees. Um, and I know so it, exactly who that is every time. Yep. <laughs> the thing about this, I don't drink coffee, but I love the smell of it in the morning. I love just, coffee. It, oh, it just smells so great in the flat. So, um, and then uh, a kind of a brunch of uh, avocados and Ooh. my my silky scrambled eggs. That's not a euphemism because I've got the time on a Sunday <laughs> to make them. Um, Actually, the, Chris, you're making some very good Sunday points. Mm. Sunday is brunch day, isn't it? It like, is, totally. Because you've got the time to actually really yeah. pay attention to it. Because Saturday is where we do our shopping. That's when you're hungry and there's nothing left to eat. Yeah. Uh, and Sunday which, is like, oh, we bought some of that. Oh, didn't we buy some of that nice bread? Yeah, let's have let's have a bit of a... Boom, boom, chuck it in. And, yeah. uh, and then a nice walk in the countryside. Ah. Oh. That's what I'd love. Come back. I'll have a cup of tea again, four o'clock. Maybe a pot of tea. And that'll be it. For the last few weeks, I've been down. I've been trying to declutter my mind. So that's, this is one Good. of the reasons that I I can't deal with sad stuff. And one of the ways I'm doing it at the moment is like clearing my pile of shame. So I'm now down to my final, the last game on the list. Okay. So I'm, I'm presuming, Sam, you'd agree with me that this last game would be the ultimate game. Be saved oh, last. be saved the best till last, Chris. Yeah, of course. It goes without saying. So, Pete, what is this game? The one that I've just finished? The last game on the pile of shame. Oh. The right at the bottom. The, the, the one that I've been saving? Yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. a, a light and frothy Abzu-esque title. Yeah. It's not going to be great. But uh, these last few weeks, I've been going against it because uh, I was testing and then went on to play another game called Mega Aquarium. Now, this looked really interesting. Mm, and considering it's been a very fishy episode. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? And I'm making fish burgers tomorrow as well. It's great. Are you? Fish burgers? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, What cheese do you have with that? This is some genuine cream going on here. Cream oh, cheese. I thought there was going to be like a joke like, what cheese do you use to hide a horse? Right. What cheese do you use to hide a horse? Mascarpone. Mascarpone. Yeah. What what cheese do you use to entice a bear out of a cave? Come on, bear! Right, you took you you carry on, and I'll find the cheese that you you put on fish burgers. Now, Pete, right. is this what I hoped it would be, which is basically like theme hospital, roller coaster tycoon, but in an aquarium setting where you build your own aquarium and you basically got to manage it and keep it, it going? It's exactly that. Brilliant. So, what does it do differently other than it being fish so um it the thing i always like about those tycoon management games is when they thematically feel uh 
feel like they are representing the thing. So in Theme Hospital, when you would have like cascades of people puking, that felt really thematic of being in a space where contagious diseases can be. So Mega Aquarium is, uh, as you say, it's, it's, it's all about putting together an aquarium and running it and put, filling it full of fish. Um, but it, the way that it thematically ties in with with this is, I mean, first of all, you have to, each different species of fish has its own demands, right? So you put them, you put one kind of species of fish in a tank and it'll be absolutely fine. And as long as it's got the right temperature and it's got, you know, and you're giving it food, them food regularly, um, it'll just be fine. And then some of them, some of them are like, oh, but I need shelter. I need like rocks to be around or like, I need, I need a certain level of oxygen or something like that in my, in, in the water. And then some fish just will not play nice together. They'll just eat one another. Um, so you have to right. like figure out how you can keep all of the fish together and doing lots of different stuff. And also there's there's other species as well, like uh, little octopus and stuff like that. Octopi. Um, um, but there's that. There's a research element. So you actually unlock fish by doing research. So you get people into your into your aquarium and they're spending money, which is obviously good for you keeping afloat. But they're also, when they look at the fish, then you are getting research points and stuff like that. So having more weird different fish in it allows you to get even more weird different fish in it. Um, so it, again, it ties into that ecological kind of what a lot of zoos are doing at the moment of like trying to do lots of research into the animals that they have and, and um, conservation, basically. Yeah. So do you start off basically with just a goldfish in a little bowl? I mean, pretty much. I mean, it is like absolutely tiny. You're given a really small amount of space. And then you have to, you walk through the tutorial, which is really, really good because a lot of these management games immediately lose me um, because they just don't have a decent tutorial. It very gently eases you into this relatively, you know, um, uh, relatively complicated by the time that, you know, you're a couple of hours in. Uh, aquarium management game um, but it's also just really light and fluffy in terms of like it's really bright it's not super po-faced in the way that no it looks great it looks great doesn't it it looks it looks like a kind of um uh low poly uh, theme par- uh, theme hospital or yeah. something like that um and the one of the other really cool things is you you zoom 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 into the map and like google maps if you keep zooming you can then just like wander around the space so like, great. so you like you put all these fish together, and then they'll you know play around in the rocks and stuff. But you can zoom in and walk around in your in your space and actually see like what it see what it's like from a um, a guest's perspective. Um, so could I theoretically boot it up and quite quickly, you know, I'm I'm already on the moving train, and then it, I can already see a massive development. The park's really taking shape quite quickly. Yeah, or but do you have to really stick but, with it for quite but you a bit. Need, no, no, no. You, you like within the first like ten, fifteen minutes, you really are like running. You're already running an aquarium, like, and and I think the best thing about it is it doesn't just drop you into a park that's already built. It isn't like this huge machine engine or something like that. Like you know, this huge like mechanical engine thing that if you take one thing out, the whole thing falls apart. It just very gently eases you into it, um, which I think is really nice. Um, and I, I've got to say, like after having played City Skylines, like I'm definitely on this management trip. Yeah, you know, it seems like, like it. I like these, I like these kinds of games. You know, you're talking about meditation and fish and Abzu. Like for me, this is very much a like I'm going to sit here, I'm going to relax in my PC armchair, and basically just like 
manage the hell out of some fish. I've I've done it, by the way. Ask me the question. What? Okay, the question is, what cheese? What? What cheese goes with fish? Burgers? What cheese goes with fish? Uh, what cheese do you put on a fish burger? Okay, what cheese do you put on a fish burger? Coitage cheese. Hmm. Look, I just spent all that time. Yeah. Looking at not listening to me, not en- not engaging in a nice conversation with your friends. No, but coitage koi. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no I great. oh, I get that's it. Great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, great. That's really good. Yeah. Superb. Mm. I mean, it wouldn't. The the problem with the joke is it wouldn't. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like if you put cottage cheese on a. With bits of pineapple. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I had cottage cheese and tuna sandwiches. Oh, Chris! God. God, what did they taste like? By the time you got to school, and then warm cottage cheese and tuna, warm cottage cheese and tuna sandwiches oh. with tomato ketchup. Be like eating fishy guffs. I used to have like a cool block in them. <laughs> of course, he did. I'm, su- I'm surprised you didn't have a man who carried it all. God. <sighs> it's very fishy. Why? Why have we been so fishy? I don't know. It's the time of year. The time of year for fish. I don't know what I meant by that. But what? What? What are you talking? I about? think fish more of a summer thing. You know, in salads. You know, salmon mating. It's a springtime activity, isn't it? <laughs> See what that game's done to him, Pete. I'm trying my best to get involved back into the conversation after yeah. my. You know, this kind of humour doesn't just. No. Bounce around my mind all the time. It takes no, you're time right. to you're, create. You're just you're busy picking up the debris. Oh no! Oh, I, don't, right. I don't think I want to that's be part it. of this podcast no, anymore. That's it. Sorry. No. Sorry. Sorry. No. 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 See what you've done. No. 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 See. Sorry, everyone. That's it. I'm gone. See ya. Gone. Ah oh, man. See what you've done. That was staying in with myself, Sam Turner, Peter Willington, and Chris Darby. If you enjoy this episode, then make sure to subscribe so you get the latest show as soon as it's released. Also, if you like what we make and you listen to us on something like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Castbox, then we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, a comment, or made us one of your favourites. Now, if you missed it in the episode, you can get information on all the things we talked about at stayingin.podbean.com, where there is also details of how you can get in touch with us if you've got a question for us to answer. And of course, there's links there to our Steam Curator and Board Game Geek pages, as well as our Twitter and Facebook details. But for now, thanks for listening.